If you can't get enough of the Mixing Music Podcast and want three times the amount of episodes every week, subscribe to our exclusive content for only $4 a month or $40 a year at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to Mixing Music. I'm your host DK and we are going to talk about some basic mix mistakes that I see on a regular basis. That is right. I'm not going to be making fun of people, but (laughs) I will be helping out um, some people kind of learn from themselves some basic mix, mix mistakes and how they can avoid them. Okay, number one. This is a big one. People obviously don't use reference tracks when they mix. Last few, a couple weeks ago, I, I'm putting up the quote fingers up, I mastered an album for a client of mine. They cheaped out on the mix and they mastered an album. I had, they had me master the album. Now, I will say now, I'll be totally honest with you, I was not mastering that album. I was mixing two tracks because they were not mixed very well they were balanced very well. Each instrument was very, very balanced. But it overall EQ spectrum of the entire song as a whole, not very balanced. Not not quite right. Very mid-range heavy. Um, and it didn't sound right at all. And it kind of threw me away. Like, how can you not hear this? Number one, first thing, they probably weren't listening to music on a regular basis on the monitor. They're not understanding the monitor very well. And not understanding that... Um, other songs, you know, they didn't listen to other songs while through the monitor. So number one mix mistake, not using reference tracks. These guys right over here, this specific example, they would have solved this mistake because the balance was perfect. The balance between the instruments was perfect. It was literally just EQ. And they would have, they would have totally, if they listened to reference tracks and heard any other thing and compared it to their own, they would realize, holy cow, this is super dark and there's not enough bass. This is literally just mid range. They would know it. They, they would. And they didn't find out until I sent them back their quote-unquote masters, where I just literally just mixed their two-track. And um, they, they had to find out that, you know what, actually, holy crap, we could have just mixed this way better. And it wasn't that they had bad ears. It, just, it was just because they didn't know their speakers, they were still learning their speakers, and they didn't reference anything. Like, that is so silly of, like... If there's a sound that you're trying to get, reference your stuff. I, I mean, even pros still reference stuff when they get stuck. It's really difficult to know when you're stuck, but get to learn, get comfortable knowing when you're stuck because you sometimes just need to use a reference track, okay? Use a reference track. Can I say this again? Use a reference track. Is my point getting across to you? Don't, don't complain about how your mix sounds crap if you didn't use a reference track. If you have problems having your mix translate from device to device, use reference tracks, okay? Is that cool? So that's number one. Number two, the most, one of the most common mix mistakes that I hear is the use of compression. Now, specifically, master bus compression. The reason why I bring this up is after a while, compression is, when I first started, compression was something that I couldn't hear. I'm like, I don't know what, the, what is going on. I'm just doing it because people said so. Okay, so a lot of times I hear and see things that are compressed a little bit too much, a little bit more than normal. So let me ask yourself this, a couple ways to avoid this. Number one, when you compress something and you bypass it and you unbypass it and the levels are matched, relatively speaking, do you actually hear improvement? 
Because if you don't, maybe you don't need a compressor. Okay, so I mean, first off, just try to, and maybe, do, of course, do it like solo and do it, you know, in reference of the entire track. But sometimes things don't need compression or as much compression as you think. For example, in the hip-hop world with Trap, a lot of 808s, the samples that they come with, kick drums, snares, they're already compressed. Why would you have to compress something that's already compressed? You can even see it in your DAW. Every single snare hit is the exact same volume. Why are you compressing it? Is it for the initial snap? Is it for the tone? Well, then maybe it's a good idea to put a compressor on it, but you don't need to put a compressor on it just because people tell you to put a compressor on stuff. And if, it, if you don't know why you're doing it, definitely don't put it on. And then this is the, what I was talking about before with the master bus compression, with the limiting and everything that people send me. This is so, it's so, it's not frustrating per se, but it's sad because I can, I've gotten to a point where I can hear things pump like immediately. I can hear like the slightest bit of compression. I'm like very used to the sound of how it's supposed to be sounding and, and how music reacts to compressors. Like I'm, I'm very used to it now. So I hear mixes all the time where I'm just like, like amazed how much it's pumping. And I could, I could tell, sometimes you could tell when it's not, when it's an accident. Sometimes it's on purpose. Like if I hear like side chaining where it's like pumping on purpose, that I know that's not on purpose. I know that's on purpose. But when I hear something that's like obviously like a limiter or, or a compressor on the master bus or on a specific bus or track or whatever, I can tell and it's just kind of like, why? Why can't? Hey, no, don't do that. Don't compress more than you need to. Only compress when you feel like it's absolutely necessary, when you can actually hear the difference in the sense that you can actually hear it somewhat improving. Even if it's just theoretically, then it's slightly okay. Just don't compress a ton. Don't compress negative 20 dBs just because that guy on the YouTube channel told you to. Understand why he said that and then emulate it for a minute. Compress the crap out of it to hear what it sounds like and then do a lower level. I feel like the point of compression to a certain degree, the whole point of compression is to not be able to hear the compression. Okay? That, I mean, depends on how you're looking at this. But in general, if you're trying to do like a regular clean mix, the whole point of compression is to not hear the compressor. So it is total BS if someone calls you and says, oh, I can tell that you were using 1176 or an LA-2A on this track. Uh, I call, well, I mean, if, if he can hear you, then maybe you're using it a little bit too much. And uh, if he if he's really saying that and you can't hear it and you you know what you're talking about, then, then he's BSing because the whole point is you, you're not supposed to be able to hear the compression unless you purposely make it so you can hear the compression. Okay. Um, so don't compress too much. Number three, and this is a very important skill that people don't talk about enough. I don't really hear people talk about, but I, I've kind of learned from spending time around, you know, some of the big time pros. This is a skill that everybody I feel like needs to learn. And one of the hardest skills to ever learn. People do too much. Okay. So that's the number third mistake. Number three mistake. People do too much. Just because you have a track with a whole bunch of empty inserts doesn't mean you have to sing up, fill up every single damn insert point, okay? You don't need to fill up every insert point. And in fact, you should be able to be comfortable with leaving no inserts on it and just adjusting the volume in the panning, okay? So number three, how to fix this is just by learning when not to do something. This is one of the hardest skills, I think, for a learning mix engineer, an up-and-coming mix engineer, or a producer that's trying to mix their own stuff. You do not, it is so difficult to know when not to do something. Be comfortable with the idea that not all tracks you have to do anything. Sometimes it is literally just volume and panning. 
I know. It's scary. You feel like every single track has to have something on it. There's, it's impossible that there was, this was tracked correctly. It was recorded correctly. It's impossible that the samples will just fit in. No, it's definitely possible. And it's definitely possible that the snare sound is just perfect from the get-go and you're making it worse or you're just changing it. As, going back to what I said earlier, just aesthetics. Changing the aesthetics of it. But don't feel like you have to put something on just because people said so. Learn when you don't have to do anything. Okay? Be comfortable with the ambiguity of not having to do anything. It's not going to be obvious, and you might have to do something later, but if you don't know what to do exactly at that point when you're mixing stuff down, then leave it for now and get back to it later. Okay? So hopefully these tips helped you. This is a shorter episode. Hopefully these tips help you. Um, If you want to send me a mix for me to give you some feedback on, feel free to email me an mp3 at d-e-d-e-e-k-e-i mixes at gmail.com dkmixes at gmail.com if you'd like to interact with me directly uh, more real time hit me up on instagram at dkmixes d-e-e-k-e-i mixes at, at yeah dkmixes find me hit me up i love communicating with my guests if you hit me up in an email last week i talked to a friend from the uk where he had some mixing questions. He sent me an email because of the podcast. I was able to talk to him face-to-face. We set up a Zoom call and was able to answer his questions directly. I love mentoring. I love helping people. I love, love hearing your stories, hearing your music, and directly relating to you. Please don't be embarrassed to hit me up. If there's anything that I can do to help you or help you understand a concept or help you figure out a very specific problem to you, I mean, email me. The worst that I can do is say, hey, man, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And, uh, you know, don't be embarrassed. Hit me up. Uh, So on that note, uh, happy mixing and stay saucy. One, two, three. This episode of Mixing Music with DK has been brought to you by LaunchPod Media. If you want to start a podcast, make sure to start it right with LaunchPod Media. The Mixing Music Podcast is proud to say that we have a lot of free resources outside of the actual podcast. Visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash links to find access to our free PDFs and free resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.